everyone. Welcome to the first episode of the Marketplace Espresso, your 15 minutes news recap at the end of the working week. I'm Itsunu Bankole Olushino and I'm here to give you the economic news highlights for this week. For the major economics news stories from this week, we'll talk about the increased confusion for affected businesses and trade unions as UK Prime Minister urges certain workers to get back to work. UK Chancellor's extension of the furlough scheme, European countries looking to open their borders ahead of the summer, why Generation Z could bear one of the largest burdens following coronavirus, the controversy between Tesla and the state of California, how coronavirus could affect clean energy and supply chains, the economic situation in China following increased productions in factories, and one random economics news story of the week. At the beginning of this week, the UK Prime Minister, Boris Johnson, changed the key message to England concerning the lockdown situation from stay home to stay alert. And the Prime Minister actually said that anyone who can't work from home, including those who work in construction and those who work in manufacturing, um, should actively be encouraged to go back to work. And in his 50-page report, which he released later on in the week, he included people who work in food production, who work in logistics, distribution and scientific research in laboratories. And this change in message has left trade unions and business leaders more confused than they were before because the UK government has failed to put in place safety guidelines to safeguard the workers who do come back to work. This change in message came after the UK economy was predicted to shrink 14% in the year 2020. And this week, in fact, it was reported that in the month of March alone, the UK economy has shrunk by 5.8%. With this lack of clarity, businesses and trade unions are pushing for more concrete safety guidelines and how exactly they will be enforced by the UK government. Some businesses and union leaders, including the CEO of the London Chamber of Commerce and Industry, have discouraged employees from going back to work until these guidelines are clearly outlined by the government. Something else that happened in the UK this week was an extension of the furlough scheme by the Chancellor of the Exchequer, Rishi Sunak. The Chancellor of the Exchequer is basically in charge of managing the UK government's finances, especially as it relates to government revenue and government spending. And if you're wondering what exactly the furlough scheme is, it is basically a scheme by which the UK government supports businesses that have been affected and are unable to carry out business as usual in these times. So what happens is the government pays up to 80% of workers' wages with a maximum of £2,500 per worker. These are workers that are unable to work at these times as a result of businesses not operating um, to their full capacity. There has generally been some agitation around this scheme ending abruptly, um, especially because if it is to end abruptly, it would lead to a rapid rise in UK unemployment as currently 25% of the UK workforce is on the furlough scheme. But this week, the Chancellor extended the scheme um, to the end of October. And this was basically with the understanding that by August, um, businesses would be able to employ their workers again um, on a part-time basis and would therefore share um, the cost of workers' wages with the UK government. It's almost summertime and over in the EU, 
where tourism contributes 10% to their collective GDP. This is actually higher in certain countries. So for example, Greece and Italy have a higher GDP contribution to their specific economies. Um, but European governments in general, are they cannot wait to open up their borders. The EU had a meeting this week and they have decided that they may be planning on creating tourism corridors where countries within the EU open their borders to other countries within the EU that have similar risk profiles to themselves and have managed coronavirus in a similar way to them. Airlines seem to be on board with this plan as well because Ryanair, the largest European airline, um, according to passenger numbers, has said this week that they, um, they plan on having 1,000 flights a day from the 1st of July. And this is about 40% of their flight schedule pre-coronavirus. And that, that now means that the success of this whole plan in terms of the contribution of tourism to the EU economy as a whole now lies in the hands of the consumer. Um, so are consumers prepared? Are they ready to come back? Are they ready to take trips this summer despite the risks of a global pandemic? Speaking of taking risks, this week, um, Tesla CEO, um, Elon Musk, he opened their California manufacturing plants before authorization from the state government. Although the state eased lockdown um, since May 4th, they actually had not authorized non-essential businesses um, to open. And this is something that Elon Musk felt very strongly about. He um, described this as overly aggressive and unconstitutional. And he, in fact, filed a lawsuit against the county in which his plant is situated. And this is called um, Alameda County. He also threatened that he will take out Tesla's headquarters from California and he could possibly take out um, the whole manufacturing plant altogether. This put pressure on the California state government and they have now authorized um, the opening of his plant and said that they would enforce police checks to ensure that, that he's following safety guidelines in his plants. And in an email sent out by the company's head of HR this week, she warned Tesla employees that if they choose not to work, after being called back by their managers, they may no longer be eligible for unemployment benefits, which ultimately is determined by the state government. She also said that if employees decide not to return to work, that Tesla completely respects their decision and will support them and they wouldn't receive any penalties from Tesla. Elon Musk is quite popular for his controversial behavior and this recent move definitely has brought him a lot of criticism. In a recent study carried out by the Resolution Foundation, an independent research and policy organization based in the UK, it has been revealed that Generation Z, that is people born between 1997 and 2012, might bear a financial burden outliving the coronavirus pandemic. The study revealed that following the financial crisis, UK unemployment rose from 5.2% in 2007 to 8.5% in 2011 and this led to a 10% rise in youth unemployment, specifically those who left school at the GCSE equivalent stage. This study now predicts that following this coronavirus pandemic, youth unemployment could suffer the same sort of situation or worse, especially because UK unemployment is expected to rise to 9%.
And this could affect a diverse group of young people, from those who ordinarily would have opted for apprenticeships to those who would have worked in service sectors, including retail and hospitality, sectors which have been heavily affected by this pandemic. There are questions about the impact of coronavirus on clean energy, sustainability and the environment as a whole. Generally, supply chains have been disrupted because as a result of widespread lockdown measures, there have been limited amounts of activity on manufacturing plants worldwide and also travel restrictions have limited international trade. This has particularly impacted clean energy because according to a McKinsey report, from July 2019, 70 to 85% of the critical components used in solar panels are actually sourced from China. And as a result um, of the disruption of supply chains, this it has made it increasingly difficult for clean energy businesses reliant on Chinese man manufacturers to get solar panels or key components used in the assembly of solar panels. It is therefore possible that coronavirus could lead to a global setback in the world's move to cleaner energy. However, coronavirus might not be all bad news for the environment because prolonged lockdowns worldwide have significantly reduced the use of cars as well as factory activity. And according to the International Energy Agency, it is predicted that world CO2 emissions are going to go down by 8% this year. And some countries such as India, which have some of the highest CO2 emissions, have experienced as large as 15% decrease in CO2 emissions in the month of March compared to last year. And also there is a possibility that with the current volatility in prices, in oil prices, the world could be moving away from the fuel altogether. However, no one can really say for certain what will be sustained after this pandemic for the environment, but it just might be a window of opportunity for economies to consider more environmentally friendly practices and facilitate a move towards clean energy. For China, things are slowly getting back to normal. For the first time since the coronavirus outbreak, they are seeing a rise in productions across their factories. In fact, they saw in the month of April a 3.9% increase in their industrial outputs compared to last year, April. Despite this, there are parts of the economy which are driven by consumer demand that are still not doing that well. The retail sector of the economy, for example, which involves the purchase of finished goods within the economy. Retail sales in April fell by 7.5% compared to April of the year before. And this might just be reflective of how much individual incomes and consumer confidence have been impacted by the coronavirus. And also there might be some hesitation as to whether or not China will see a second wave of coronavirus. And I wonder if this is reflective of the sort of economic issues that other countries will face or may face following a fall in coronavirus numbers. On to the round of economic news of this week. This is basically a segment where I'll give you a story or I'll tell you a story which is not so much in the mainstream economic news. And it could be something that happened in a small economy or about a startup or a particularly interesting sector of the economy. And this week I'm going to tell you about a UK startup called BioBean. It turns out that we drink 2 billion cups of coffee in the world every day. And this produces 6 million tons of coffee grounds. 
most recycling companies are concerned with the cups in which we drink the coffee. But it turns out that used coffee grounds are actually a problem. Most people don't know that when decomposing in landfills, used coffee grounds produce greenhouse gases, which worsens the effects of climate change. Initially, BioBean, the startup, um, they wanted to use the fuel from these grounds to power diesel-run buses in the UK. However, they found that this was not profitable and instead they used the fuel from used coffee grounds to create biomass pellets and home fire logs. These biomass pellets can be used to power industrial boilers or heat commercial greenhouses and the home fire logs are used instead of wood in home fireplaces. And coffee is actually very calorific. So home fire logs actually burn 20% hotter and 20% longer than wood. In terms of environmental impact, BioBean estimates that this method of recycling coffee grounds reduces emissions by 80%, especially when compared to the alternative of dumping coffee grounds in landfills. However, a professor in sustainable energy at Leeds University advised that in order to know the full impact that this recycling method has on world emissions, that it must be evaluated and compared with alternative ways of dealing with coffee grounds, including using them for mulch, um, for plants, and then incineration as well. Biobean has continued their processing throughout coronavirus. However, they have suffered a significant decrease in their supply of used coffee grounds because they usually partner with coffee shops and airports. But they have received enough um, coffee beans to continue processing in these times, and they are considering expansion after coronavirus. And that's it for the random economics news of this week. You can always get involved with this by messaging at the.marketplacecafe on Instagram with an economics news story that's not in the mainstream media that you found interesting and I'll share the most random one on here every week. Thank you so much for listening. Please don't forget to engage with the content on our Instagram at the.marketplacecafe. And let me know what you'd like to hear more about. I hope you liked this episode and I hope you found it informative. See you next week. Lots of love.